Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Orgullo Hispano, a podcast by the Hispanic Leaders Network. Happy New Year to you. This is our first official podcast of 2023, and we are excited to introduce our, our, our guest for today. But before we do that, we do want to thank our sponsor, the Leadership Empowerment Group, that make this podcast, Orgullo Hispano, uh, available and gives us the option to do that. So thank you to the Leadership Empowerment Group. Next, I'd like to introduce our very special guest. Um, he is our new City of Waco Municipal Judge, uh, Mr. Bobby Garcia. So, Mr. Bobby, thank you so much for being Hi. here today. Nice to meet you. Nice to be here. Thank you. It is an honor uh, for you to join us. You are our first uh, podcast for 2023. So, so this is great to have you on here. Uh, but really what I want to do is really just um, get to know you a little bit, get our audience get to know you, introduce you. Um, uh, one of the things that uh, people might not know is that you are really the first Hispanic or Latino municipal judge um, here in the city of Waco. And so I wanted to see, yeah. first and foremost, how does that make you feel? Um, well, you know, I really wasn't um, aware of that, but I, you know, I did attend Baylor, uh -huh. you know, about 30 years ago. Uh, I was, I did attend uh, Baylor for un my undergraduate and law school. And uh, I think even at that time, it was kind of impressive. I look back, I think there was a Hispanic mayor. I, yeah. we've had one before I yes think sir there was. Yes. And that was always that always kind of impressed me i was always surprised mm -hmm. uh, of course being at baylor i mean when i first got there i think i was dropped off uh no car oh, i had goodness. kmart bags when oh. kmart was big <laughs> walk up to the dorm i saw these fancy cars and i said okay there's hardly any minorities here and i think literally i think there were about 200 minorities total in when I was there so on campus yeah so it's kind of coming back it's kind of interesting that uh, I did learn a little about the history of the municipal court and mm -hmm. uh, so maybe yeah that's a nice fact I mean I'm honored you know well, you know, and, and we're glad that you're here. Um, I, I think it's cool to know that, you know, even in, in conversation with you, that you have the title Waco already from where you were yeah. uh, at Baylor as undergrad, but you also did Baylor Law School, yes. uh, which is um, Go Bears, because I'm a Baylor alumni, <laughs> oh, alumni nice. as well. So so uh, I, I love that connection. Yeah. But I do would love for you to tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, like your upbringing, where you're from. Okay. Uh, your career, et cetera, things like that. So we can get to know you better, sir. Sure. Uh, well, I was born and raised in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, my parents were uh, born in Robstown, Texas, and my grandparents were born in George West, Texas. So that's where our family comes from. 
Uh, third generation Texan, huh? <laughs> yeah, third generation Texan. Although you know, I don't know. Um, I think at one time, you know, Texas was Mexico. But so that's you right. know, a lot of times people <laughs> ask, "Well, when did you come from Mexico?" I said, "Well, we're, we've I been think, here. Yeah, we're already here." <laughs> so that's my connection to uh, you know going to back to my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And uh, so born and raised, uh, I went to Mary Carroll High School, and I was always uh, always been involved in sports and in leadership. Okay. My sister was a really good basketball player, and she went to college on a basketball scholarship, and that kind of paved the way for her, actually, to, uh, through sports, to get a scholarship. Uh, She went to Texas Women's University, and then she became an attorney. Mm -hmm. And um, I came to Baylor um, on a LULAC scholarship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, it was only for for one year. Uh, It was was a minimal scholarship, but, you know, it it was, it helped. Sure, absolutely. Um, You know, and... um, so I graduated from Carroll High School, came here. Uh, that scholarship from Lou like really did help. I wanted, I think it was an essay contest or something. Wonderful. And um, so I came here, uh, got my bachelor's degree. I started as a computer engineering major and then realized, okay, you know, I don't want to be in a basement the whole four years here. So I switched to political science, got my degree, applied at Baylor Law School, and I was very active in student government. Okay. I was the president pro tem of the student congress. Um, I lost my very first election oh here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I was a freshman, and I'm like, okay, I have no car, no money. And this position came up, arts and sciences representative, and they're taking six people. So I said, I'm going to sign up for that. You know, I've always been student body president sure. for, you know, here sure. in my South Texas schools. <laughs> and then I start seeing these billboards on campus and you know like you know <laughs> literally campaigns like people had money right and, right uh, and so i was like wow you know how and then there was about 50 people signed up oh, everybody wow. had been a student body president i was like wow so was, i still remember that because um when they so i just started going you know door to door in the cafeterias in the dorms meeting people mm-hmm. and when they finally announced the results they put Six names, drew a line, and then I got, I was seven. And I was like, oh, man, I was heartbroken. I said, you know, this is going to be rough. Uh, And then the next year I won and ever, and, you know, just kind of kept going that way with leadership. I founded the Hispanic Cultural Association at Baylor. Wow. Um, So we were real active. Yeah, I founded that. That is awesome. Yeah, and it kept going for a while. Um, Matter of fact, one of my Friends had just got back in touch with me. Her name is Lydia Hernandez. Okay. And she was a state representative in Arizona. And she took over when I left um, Baylor. The Baylor. Uh-huh. She took over. And now she's pretty successful that in Arizona. Is, that is a great tie to yeah. Rachel and Baylor. Yeah. So Lydia was, um, and she was also instrumental in recently um, for the award that I just received. Um, tell, tell us about that award, please. I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah. I love it. And I want everybody to know what that award is. Well, in Harlingen, I was uh, the presiding judge of the municipal court. I went from Corpus Christi, uh, where I was uh, had been a practicing attorney, um, and then I became a jail magistrate, and I was working in the jail. Um, and even prior to that, right out of Baylor Law School, um, I went to Corpus because my family was there, and um, I was a DA, and then I got... There was a position for Justice of the Peace that was retiring. Mm-hmm. He'd been there 40 years, and they wanted a lawyer. So I was in the DA's office, and uh, I was in my 20s. 
And they said, well, they're looking for somebody to replace him. And I said, well, I'm not going to. I doubt I will get that because I'm too young. And so they went through the selection process, the county commissioners, and they didn't pick anybody. So they said, well, this, the staff said, you should apply for it. So I applied, and I got it. And so at that time, I became what I was told the youngest attorney judge in Texas. Wow. And uh, so that kind of started my judicial sure. experience. And, sure. But then I left it because it was um, it was a lot of pressure to be mm -hmm. in your 20s mm -hmm. and to be a judge mm -hmm. everybody was why what are you doing here mm -hmm. you know you put a warrant on my mom or you know oh something like that they'd, they'd be <laughs> they'd be finding you places at heb and and be like what, that's you know. no fun at all <laughs> yeah so i was out there uh, uh -huh. more probably than most you know judges sure. and uh, people would see me so i said you know what i'm going to private practice so i did the private practice i i actually was in the home health care business for okay. 25 years i had a very um successful home health care business because okay. my mom and my uncles and aunts are all nurses okay so i did that but then this harlingen job came up i went there was an outsider i got chosen and what i saw was that when i first started the job i started doing magistration at the jail mm -hmm. and i kept seeing these high school students mm -hmm. in jail a lot mm -hmm. and they were doing they were in there for things that were very serious but you could tell that they didn't really understand the consequences sure. and there was this one kid he was a real popular guy, uh, you know, real good-looking, athletic, young guy, mm -hmm. going off to college, mm -hmm. played football. Well, he shows up to the jail, and, you know, I, I, I read the report, and I was like, wow, okay, it's a very serious report. So what had happened was he was at a light, and this other car comes up revving the engine. And, of course, he had a, you know, teenage boy, mm -hmm. um, nice car. He decides when the light turns green, they take off. To race. To race. And he didn't make the light. Oh. And so he hit another car and killed the, oh my goodness. The, the people in the car. So, you know, it went literally from a future of going to college, maybe playing sports, like your whole future ahead of you, to now he's here before me and I have to set his bond. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell him what he's charged with. And knowing that he might not be out for the next 40 years. Mm. And I don't think he knows that. Sure. You know, because what happens in cases like that is you set the bond. And, of course, there's rules to it. Um, and you consider their ability to pay. But then you also consider the community, mm -hmm. you know, and how they're going to feel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with those type of cases, no matter what you said, everybody's going to be on Facebook. If it would have been me, it would have right, been right. $5 million And, you right, know, right, right. and the judges get criticized, you know, and, and the community is upset when there's deaths involved. Sure. And so I knew that he probably wasn't going to be able to make his bond, and he probably would be facing a lot of time, and he didn't know it. Mm. So I reached out to the schools, to the high schools, and I said, hey, you know, I really would like to go and talk to the kids about these you know, consequences, you know, criminal justice, mm -hmm. crimes, they're things they don't know. They're things how easily you could end up in jail, how easily you can make a mistake, right, right. and then your whole future is gone. Right. And they were real receptive to it. So I got invited to Harlingen High School, and, I mean, they welcomed me. I went into a law class at first, and then the next thing they said, you know what, those kids, they want you back. Um, awesome. So they started requesting me, so then it started going to the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And then it was more students. Mm -hmm. 
And then Harlingen South, their rival, said, well, we want you over here. So then I started going over there. So I did about 15, 20 presentations at these schools. And I got to uh, really teach these kids about crime sure. and consequences. Sure. And there are things that kids do that until you really see, read right, the right. reports, you're like, wow, okay, most people don't know what happens, what happens what's correct. going on. Exactly. So um, long story short, um, I was pretty popular in Harlingen. Um, I would also broadcast my court proceedings on Facebook. Uh-huh. So I became kind of popular with the people and Lydia uh-huh. from Baylor way back, she saw, she would, she was watching my podcast. So, I mean, my uh, live broadcast. So she nominated me. She was one of the people that nominated me for judge of the year for Texas. And then I had another friend, uh, attorney that also, and then I think some teachers from Harlingen mm-hmm. also. And so I, I just, uh, I got an invitation to go to the Texas Municipal Court Association uh, banquet. I didn't know anything. And they're talking about this person. They said, this person. So you had no idea that it no, was No, I you. had no idea. I, it was like a seminar and a banquet. So all these attorneys from all over Texas are there. And um, I'm sitting there. And then this lady goes up to the podium. And she starts talking about this person. And she said, this person uh, initiated uh, community service graf- uh, programs where they would clean graffiti at parks. I said, oh, I did that. I, rem- <laughs> I remember doing that. Like I did that. Like I did that when I was in my twenties. You know, so I was listening, and they kept going. And they said, and this person was, you know, one of the youngest judges in Texas. This and that. And then they announced my name as the they as a Texas Municipal Court wow. Judge of the Year. And I was like, wow! Like I was so honored. That is an honor. Yeah, I, I, I was honored. Now I had received an email in uh, when I was a judge. Uh, from that association and they said if you have anybody that you would like to nominate um, for the for bailiff of the year prosecutor of the year Uh clerk of the year and of course there was judge of the year Mm -hmm. and of course i couldn't nominate myself but so i i I said you know what i'd like to nominate some people because there's i actually had a good staff so i nominated some people and he would have never thought, and I told him, I, it was, I had a, a gentleman, he was in his 70s, he was the municipal court prosecutor, okay. and he was always really good to the people, and I really liked him that how he treated people, you know, because sometimes you get sure. these really hardcore prosecutors, they have no compassion for people, and you know, in the valley, there's a lot of poor people, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, um, so he was always really good, so I said, you know, Henry, I want to nominate you for this award, and I said, write me a little bio about yourself. And then I, I, he, he emailed me the bio, and I, was, I learned a lot about him. Mm-hmm. He used to be a migrant worker. He started as a migrant worker, wow. and then he ended up getting a job uh, as, as a, in a, the police station uh-huh. as a police officer. And then at some point later in his career, he went to law school. That is amazing. Yeah, and then he, he ended up getting the contract to be a city prosecutor. And I said, wow, that's a really good story. So that's I nominated him. That's a great him. story, right? And sure enough, he won also he won. Prosecutor that is of amazing. the Year. Yeah, the two people from Harlingen. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. And then this West didn't want us. <laughs> a year later, we're gone. I don't think we stuck around long enough for them to even know we won. But yeah, they uh, like I said, in the Valley, you know, once there's a new election, sure. uh, you know, um, Things change a little bit. It's Things different. change. Yeah. <laughs> Jobs change. So I reached out to other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Thank God, because mm-hmm. you know Waco was one of them. Right. Right. Um, 
and I think I was a I was a finalist in two other jobs, and I got all calls back from all of them. So I came to Waco and uh, interviewed. There were I think there were six finalists, and then they called me the next day. They said, you know, you're it. Yeah, we like you. So <laughs> yeah, so it kind of it's been um, you know. So how long have you been in Waco now? I've been here since October. Okay. Tenth. Uh, so three yeah. four months. Yeah, already. three four months. I feel like I've been here a year. <laughs> I'm sure you've yeah. been swamped at work. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been swamped. There's a lot of changes I want to make. Let's talk about some of those changes. You know, you coming from a different city and seeing uh, the court in different ways. Um, and now you got a little bit of how Waco has handled its court. Let's talk about some of the changes maybe that you would like to see uh, here in our city with the court. Well, my motto when I became the presiding judge in Harlingen was uh, I don't like people to be difficult just to be difficult. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I don't mm -hmm. like. I don't like people to work behind a, a window and make things difficult for people. So that's my pet peeve. Mm -hmm. So I, they already know mm -hmm. if I walk behind you, <laughs> mm -hmm. be nice to people. Right. Because, right. Uh, and, and sometimes I was the nicest person in the court because I'm a nice person. Sure. I try to be nice. I try to be respectful to sure, people. Absolutely. And, um, sometimes the judge isn't the nicest, um, but I and folks, he really is a nice guy. I've had some time to chat with him. He really is a nice guy. <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean, I, uh, you know, there's a time to be nice and a time where you got to be strict. But for the most part, I don't try to be difficult mm -hmm. just to make it difficult mm -hmm. or to be, you know, punitive. Right. Um, I think everybody has a, a, a story or reason why they maybe can't pay a, a fine. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes these fines get really high. So, and I noticed that even here that sometimes you, um, there were people who maybe have been in jail mm -hmm. and then they get a failure to appear and they, they obviously couldn't go to jail and then they get a, what they call a capius or a warrant, depending mm -hmm. on what stage you're at. Then they add another $100 late fee, $50 warrant fee. Then depending on how many cases you had, sometimes people get stopped for a ticket and they get three. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be an expired sticker, uh, something, driver's license restriction, maybe um, right. speeding or whatever. So you get three. Well, now you just added $450 extra. Um, or some people, uh, there were rules that they had in place that were... If you wanted to be on a payment plan, they had all these forms, you know, that you had to fill out. And uh, I was like, so I asked the clerks, I said, well, and they, you also had to pay $100 per case to be on the payment plan. So you have to put down 300 just to be on the payment plan. And I said, well, and so there was a pink form and it had all this stuff you had to fill out, references, you know, and then... You wait in the line, you take it up to the counter, and then they send you back with a yellow form. <laughs> the yellow form, you had to itemize all your expenses, oh, wow. and then you had to put where you work, and then they would call your employer. And I was like, that's just for a payment plan? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I said, who? I would, and I would, we had a, I had a camera in my office, and I would see peep the line, and then people would walk away when they got the form, like, oh, you know what? I'm just, it's, it's easier I'll just, just get the yes. warrant. <laughs> you know? So I was like, no, no, we got to change that. Mm -hmm. That is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So I, I revised the forms. One of the first things I did, I took away the $100 minimum requirement mm -hmm. per case. That's, I mean, if people are trying to pay, why make it difficult? Right. You know? Right. And then I took away certain requirements that uh, where I, I would make it easier for people to not have it on their record. Because, mm -hmm. you know, once you get anything on your record, it stays on it there. It stays there. And then it increases your insurance rates. I said, no, we got to we got to sure. fix that. 
So I started making it easier for people to be on deferred so that once you pay the ticket off, it's dismissed. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. why not? You right, know? right. Some things you don't want on your record. Like um, sometimes um, a lot, one thing that's real common with uh, people in relationships is like assault, domestic mm -hmm, violence. Mm -hmm. But people don't realize that uh, literally a push, a touch, an offensive touching, a poke, that could be an assault family mm -hmm, violence. Mm -hmm. And if you get two of those, then you could get charged with a felony. Mm -hmm. you know continuous family violence you're facing 10 years in prison mm -hmm. and i was seeing a lot of couples and uh they would be in jail people people basically you know i'm single so mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe that's why uh but i would see a lot of domestic and it didn't matter if you were poor mm -hmm. and lived in the projects or if you were rich and lived in the country club it was the same right couples fighting right. um and then getting, you know, things happening at night, getting arrested, people jealous over the cell phone messages. Mm -hmm, Somebody's, mm -hmm. you know, why are you on your cell phone? Or some why people did you drinking and just things? Yeah, could things escalate. would escalate, <laughs> uh, and and people were fighting, and then it would go from one simple thing to where it was an argument that escalated into something. Somebody pushed somebody. Somebody, if the police go to your residence, you're going to get arrested. Mm -hmm. Somebody's getting arrested, and the reason is. For that is because if they don't and something happens, somebody gets killed or something, as soon as they leave, you know, there's going to be right. liability. Right. So, but a lot of people use the police to, um, moder to like, guess, mitigate these arguments, but they don't realize, you know, once the police are called, somebody's going to jail yeah. and then you're going to get charges. And not only that, but they can put an EPO and mm -hmm. a lot of times they do, which is you can't go back to your home for 91 days. Wow. So then suddenly you get the victims calling, I want the charges dropped. You know, I don't want that EPO anymore mm -hmm. because if you violate that EPO, then you can forfeit your bond, sure. go back to jail with no bond. So there's so many things that can happen. And so what if you have one conviction, if you get that second one, it don't matter how long ago it was. You could have been a teenager, and then you go and you're in your 40s, family man, and you get into some argument, and then you got this prior. Mm -hmm. So I, I like, you know, keeping those things off your record is important, important to me. Right. Yeah. Right. And kids, even with public intoxication, paraphernalia. Theft is another one. Um, for some reason, teenage girls like to shoplift. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, some, mm -hmm. but it's more girls mm -hmm. that you get with that. They'll go shop. They'll even have the money. They'll go steal the makeup or sure, whatever. Sure. But I, I always tell them in court, um, you know, you pick up two Class C thefts. Class C means anything under $100. It could be a dollar. Um, and then you get two convictions. The third one, you can go to prison for two years. They file it as a felony. And I tell these kids, because I had these two little girls come to court the other day, and they drove up in a nice little BMW, and they had money, and they shoplifted, you know, mm -hmm. some something at Walmart mm -hmm. that they probably could have paid for, pero. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I went up to him because I saw him, and I said, well, you know, um, you know, can I help you, whatever? Because I will go to the lines, sure, and sure. I will talk to people. I see a line. I don't like lines. And I'll go, and I'll say, what can I do to help you? Right. And uh, they said, oh, no, we never get in trouble. We just want to pay it. And I was like, you know, that's a conviction, you know. Mm -hmm. Who's going to want to hire you with, with a theft conviction? You're a teenager. You don't realize. Yep, yep. You know, you go apply somewhere. They're going to see that. Oh, they steal. Yep. 
we don't want to deal with them. Well, but even worse is later in life, you go to Walmart, you forget to scan something or you do something by accident and they say, oh, what, you didn't scan that. You know, that's a theft charge. Now you got a felony pending. Wow. And there was a case in Harlingen, we called it Taquito Gate. Because mm -hmm. Taquito Gate, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it was Taquito Gate because this guy, he, he went for a Taquito. He was a, a homeless guy. They would hang out by the municipal mm -hmm. court and uh, I'd see him every day. Pero he went to this restaurant and apparently the taquito was much more expensive than he thought. I think it was $7. They only had five. And he said, oh, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> so, you know, he, he left. And I think he left his five. And they said, well, that's a theft. And so, well, lo and behold, in his past, when he was younger, he had two thefts. Well, now they filed it as a felony. So oh, now he could he literally was facing two years in prison for that. And it was for $2. And uh, so that's people don't think that at municipal court that you could have things that could affect your future. Sure, but it but can. You have certain cases that can affect your future going back yep. till the end of your life. Yep. Yep. So I, I take it very seriously that I want to make sure that I, I don't, I give everybody a chance mm -hmm. to keep things off mm -hmm. the record. Mm hmm. Yeah, that is wonderful, sir. And man, it feels like I know we only know each other, but I, I'm I'm enjoying the changes that you're that you're doing here already. Because um, even as we were talking earlier, how it's important for you that people that are even Spanish native speakers right. that are coming to court that they have the ability to know what's going on and be able to be communicated to in their own language. Right. Uh, and I think how important that is because I, to me even as an english speaker as a bilingual speaker um the court is it's a bit cumbersome in yeah. english yes so i can't imagine if i'm a, a predominantly spanish speaker and it's in a different language uh how much more cumbersome that could right. be and and i've i noticed um that there were many um Spanish speakers here in Waco. Mm -hmm. I did not know how many until I started seeing the lines of people. And I feel like almost that they, um, one of the clerks said, well, I think they know you're here. <laughs> because, you know, I go talk to them in Spanish sure. uh, or Spanglish, whatever, you know, whatever it takes. But, you know, they we get the point right, across. Right, right, right. Um, you know, uh, and that, and, you know, believe it or not, I, it, it tires me out mm -hmm. because, um, you know, <laughs> It's hard even as a lawyer, but uh, when you're having to explain things, legal terms in Spanish, and there's not a proper translation, right? you know, with some things, you know, and so, and but it's not even that, that the Spanish speakers have trouble with. They just sometimes they don't understand the system. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. don't understand what a deferred right. is. Right, right. They don't, they don't, they don't get some things because, you know, a lot of them, honestly, they're not, they're non-citizens. You know, they're working here mm -hmm. um, and they don't understand the system. So not only do you have to understand the actual literal translation, you have to explain the process. Sure, sure. And that's hard. Right. I, I Sometimes I have been tired mm -hmm. because, I mean, I'll go through, there'll be 20 people that day that don't speak English. But I will say one thing. I will give those people credit. Mm -hmm. They will pay their fines Absolutely. in full. They, Absolutely. I, whether it was Harlingen or here, Man, the Mexican people, I mean, they work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will say they will come with paint, with whatever. Mm -hmm. They come from their jobs, and it could be $1,000, and, they'll and pay. they will pay it. Yes, sir. And because they do not want to 
be in trouble. Agreed. And uh, you know they take a lot of pride in paying right. their right. their bills. Right. And um, you know, and I don't I don't think they get enough credit for that. Right. Right. You know, I agree people with don't you. know that. Agree with you one hundred percent. Because there's some, you know, some of us Amer uh, Americans, whites, blacks, mm. a Mexican, Asian. We want a payment plan for a hundred dollars, a right. six month payment plan for hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes you get these payment plans and you're like, well, can you pay ten a month? You know, <laughs> work it's with like, me here. Something I don't know. That's going to be very difficult. Right, and I'm right. like, but all the 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 non uh, English speaking man, they uh -huh. that's consistent. They will pay that is amazing whatever they owe. But what happens is sometimes it's not fair because of these excessive mm -hmm, fines. Mm -hmm. And then there's also collection agency fees. Mm. Sometimes the collection agency is, uh, gets, they get add on 30%. And then every time anything goes up, the 30%. And so they might have late fees, warrant fees, collection agency fees. And then just that one ticket, you know, went from 200 something to 600. Wow. And there are people that actually owe in the ten thousands. Oh my goodness. Ten, twenty thousand. And oh so you can't get your driver's license. Until that's paid off. Until it's paid off. And some of them just give up. And there's a lot of cases like mm -hmm. that. So one of my goals uh, coming up um, that I'm already mm -hmm. working on is I want to get compile a list of all the people that owe maybe about three thousand and up. Mm -hmm. And I want to get them into court and I want to work with them because i have a lot of those probably are things that fees that could have been taken off right or, or avoided or they could have been they for whatever reason they kept adding up and then sure. the bigger it gets the more people avoid it right 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 because it's you know it's just even i couldn't pay you know ten thousand mm -hmm. dollars in a municipal court fees right right, right. so <laughs> so that's my one of my plans is i'm going to get these people in and i'm going to um you know work a deal yeah you know what awesome. can you pay right you know because you need to get your license and to get these warrants off what can right. you pay right and i'm also i just met with the sheriff's department so i start february 1st going to the jail so anybody that's there the law requires that we give 150 dollars a day credit mm -hmm. oh 150 dollars per every eight to 24 hours so if somebody gets arrested um they're entitled to that jail credit a lot of judges don't give it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're required to. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know to ask for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so there's some cases where you always usually end up in jail. Like if I see a public intoxication arrest, if it's uh, some type of assault, if it's a theft or disorderly conduct or, or some things where you got arrested. When I see it, I already say, have you been to jail? Mm -hmm. And there's a, well, yes, I did. I, went, I was in jail for three days or mm -hmm. a week or a month. Sure. You get credit for that. Mm -hmm. You're entitled to it. it. It's your right. And um, like I said, a lot of judges don't do it. So I, 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 I make sure. So what I'm doing is I'm starting, I'm going to be going to the jail twice a week to clear anybody that has tickets mm -hmm. and warrants. I'm going to the jail. I'm going to clear them. Wow. Yeah. You got to clear amazing. it out. Some people, some people, I mean, you know, everybody has their own life story, but sure. some people were in prison. Some people were in county jail for whatever. Right. You know, I'm not going to judge them on that. But, you know, how are you going to go to court? How are you going to appear in court if you're locked up? Right. And then you get these failure to appears and all these fees. Like, you know, you still mm -hmm. got to be fair. Mm -hmm. So that's another that's thing amazing. that I'm in the works of doing. So, Judge Garcia, I feel like, man, I've known you for so long and, and the time has flown by. So yeah. I really want to say thank you.
Sure. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're probably going 100 miles an hour <laughs> right now uh, with the new job, but we are so proud and so glad that you are here in Waco. Um, it's exciting to hear of all the things uh, that you're doing in, in our court. Um, we are so excited that you're here. And so just really thank you so much for sure. all of the work that you're putting in. Thank you to our audience. You have been amazing. We have some great guests lined up for you this year, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, but once again, I'd like to thank our, ju our, our guest, Judge, Judge Garcia. Um, and thank you again to the Leadership Empowerment Group for making Orgullo Hispano available. Nos vemos pronto. Thank you. This episode of Orgullo Hispano was made possible through the generosity of these sponsors. The Hispanic Leaders Network is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. Our vision is to develop and empower current and future leaders to make a difference in the community. To sponsor a future Orgullo Hispano podcast episode, email hlnwaco at hln-waco.org or visit the HLN website at www.hlnwaco.org.